You're now tuned in to the cold, hard truth. Cayman's number one hard-hitting live podcast show, where we feature some straightforward conversations on political, social, and celebrity news, and all things happening in the Cayman Islands and around the world. This show was created to give the people a voice and a means of being involved and informed without any filters. Sometimes it gets crazy, but we always keep it real. We bring you the tea, piping hot. So grab your favorite beverage and join the conversation via WhatsApp at 324-1612. Email tips at caymanmorrowroad.com. Now, here's your host, Sandy Hill, broadcasting live from the beautiful Cayman Islands. Some important news for you. Interesting news. It's Blake and Aaron's Spilling the Tea with Sandy. K-Man's top news headlines of the day from CMR. Hello, hello, hello. It's Blake and Aaron. And we're on with CMR as well. Sandy, good morning. Hey, morning, everybody. Woo, look at that CMR mug. Yeah, <laughs> you it's always right there. <laughs> no, I'm talking about Aaron drinking out of hers. Oh, like yeah. She's legit using it. 
Well, I keep mine to be to be honest. I keep it in this uh, thing to keep it hot during the show because it is so oh, okay. cold in this room. Yeah, I have another yes. cup for coffee. This is just my whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's right. why we're so funny in the morning. That's that's hilarious. Yeah. Okay, you can put anything you want in your mug. That's <laughs> yeah, true. That is true. It's my mug now. <laughs> yeah. How you doing? Absolutely good. Everything's good. It's Tuesday already. Hey, what was the reason yesterday uh, you were telling us the story about the parade and the... uh, Vicky and Chantel. Yeah, Vicky and Chantel who weren't allowed or excluded from the parade. What was the reason for that? Well, um, apparently they were asking, well, not they really, just Chantel was trying to understand why there was a ban on PDA and why it was being equated to, because there was a term that was used um, I'm trying to remember the exact term, but basically it was like lewd behavior or something like that. And she was saying, do we really want to equate PDA with lewd behavior? Like, why are the two being used together? That makes like, sense. Because, yeah, you like, don't want to shame, like, mm-hmm. like affection. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's really um, what it came down to. And because she questioned it, apparently her, um, you know, she didn't get a response. And then when she showed up to complete the registration process apparently her name had been removed off the list so they were uninvited to the parade so it's it's an unfortunate situation and i'm hoping that the parties can have um like a coming to jesus moment where it's all sorted out because you know let's be honest um if it wasn't for vicky and chantel the chances of someone even thinking that they could have a parade at this point in the um cayman islands would probably not be happening Yep, that's true. Yeah, no, that's that's wild. That that. I mean, mm-hmm. look, we've all been to Badabanu. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Listen, so, and, and you don't see any organizer of any other um, event so. saying things yeah. like, "Oh, here's a list of not like don't do this, don't do that." Um, we understand that the organizer was mindful of how um, the community thinks of the LGBTQ. Q community and didn't want to play into any of those stereotypes, but at the same time, um, he kind of played right into it by yeah. by banning PDA and kind of equating it to, um, you know, lewd behavior. Which yeah, is not, I mean, yeah, it was holding just, the hand of who you love and your partner, whatever. Yeah, and it wasn't even because the listen, there were there were people there who um, are supporters of the community, but not are not in it. And you know, maybe you just want to hug a friend. Yeah. And all of a sudden the rules say you can't hug anybody, you can't teach anybody, you can't touch anybody, you can only just walk. See, and I get that if it you was can't. like if it was COVID, if it was just to stop the spread of COVID. Yeah. Yeah. There was no like gyrating. Like it, I think the wording was just um really, really poorly used. Yeah. Um, and then like and then it included proof. it included the phrase public defecation and urination. And that, I mean, people just found that really, really offensive. Like, that's a Wait, vile what? thing to even... I'm sure that's happened at Carnival before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it's happened at, yeah, yeah. <laughs> those other carnivals. But, you know. yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, I, they were uninvited. I, I done that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> at week. I mean, Maybe it was just me. once. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, anything so- uh, happening today? Um, today we're going to be talking about that viral video from yesterday of Seven Mile Beach, which is no longer Seven Miles. <laughs> yeah, it's more like Three Mile Beach, probably. 
Um, but there are sections of Seven Mile Beach that no longer exist, really. Yeah. Um, the, the beach has just eroded where literally the water is at the property line of some of these beachfront properties. So I'm not sure that they signed up for oceanfront, but that's what they've got now. So is this seasonal? Will the beach come back? Or what are, what are I don't think experts, so. People, most people in our lifetime haven't seen this ever. I, I remember when I from, it was the Marriott had a huge beach and then slowly half of it went away. Now yeah. it's gone. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, it, we have, it, we have it, pictures you know, of footage. No, I know that sometimes the beach, you'll see, you'll come out to the beach and there'll be rocks, right? Yeah. And then another time, you know, a week later, you'll come and it's sand again. You no, but you have rocks. to still have the beach there. Like at this moment, there's that, nowhere. This isn't, to yeah, sit. this is deep. In the this wall is like the ocean has cleaned it completely. It's, if you have the walls there, the, the water's going to hit it and keep dragging the sand out because it's nowhere to place yeah. it back up. Yeah. So it's crazy. Like at, when I saw it, I was like, that's Seven Mile Beach. Like there is no beach left. It's like deep ocean, yep. basically crazy um yeah so we're gonna talk a little bit about that um it's just kind of unreal and then there's a couple community projects going on blue iguana um we have dart made a clarifying statement about his pad application um so we'll see what that's all about so yeah so yesterday was actually a very interesting show if you guys didn't get to watch it of course you can always go back in time what um, uh, on facebook and youtube what kind of application was that helipad pad like a helicopter uh, pad gotcha what's going on with that i mean i i have about two helipads so. yeah <laughs> i just need a helicopter now where's the helicopter pad going? oh no, no 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 sorry this is actually a planned area development i was thinking it was actually the helicopter pad. oh i because yeah that's what he, he did put that oh. in as well yeah so um, now, oh this is the one that's over in west bay right right so basically what he said um is that his planned area development application um did not and it cannot legally seek to alter the beach remove 42 acres of mangroves or remove beach rock as has been erroneously reported in the media so he is seeking to clarify that's good. um what he says are media misrepresentations about this application i mean if anything yeah. if anything if you're looking at the seven mile beach uh, video and you're seeing that and you can go down for yourself and see seven yeah. mile beach is not how it is where right there by Royal right but you gotta be able to and swim then, now because you yeah. have a beach to walk on exactly mm. and then you look at further development it should be coincide yep. with how do we keep as much beach as possible and so i think that that's what needs to be more the conversation and yeah. it needs to actually be put implemented because it seems like everyone's just getting approved to do whatever yeah and you know what? I had someone reach out to me yesterday. Um, he's a Canadian gentleman. And he said, listen, maybe the Cayman Islands needs to really talk about not allowing beachfront development in anymore. Because, um, you know, I think the development doesn't help. There are natural cycles, I suppose, um, as Blake was kind of alluding to, of the beach kind of, of the ocean kind of reclaiming beach and the reformation of that. But um, I think certain developments and seawalls and those sorts of things also um, shape what happens in the environment. We need to look closely at, number one, what the reasons are for this happening and, um, you know, try to at least lessen the human impact on, on the environment and especially the erosion of the beaches. Yep. I think yep. there was a reason why um, in old Caymanian days, beachfront was reserved for the dead. Think about it. <laughs> all the all of the graves are like on the beach. 
You know, yeah. it's easier to dig was the logical reason that I was just given. But I also think that, the you know, they didn't see beachfront property as entirely valuable because things like hurricanes are at high risk yeah. of hurricane and beach erosion and all this other stuff. Yeah. Sometimes I wish I had a time capsule. I could go back in time and pick up a few plots. I don't mean uh, cemetery plots. I mean, I mean, plots. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. What? We all, listen, if we all had a time capsule, everybody yeah. would be like, they would be a crazy world. We'd all yeah. So I'm going to go back in time and win the lottery. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Uh, exactly. So, yeah. All right, Sandy, we'll catch you tomorrow. Have a great show. All right, guys. Have a good day. Bye. You too. All right. Good morning, everyone. What's going on? We're going to click, kick, kick Blake and Aaron out of the studio. I got on my super, super pink lipstick this morning. How are you guys doing? So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about... Um, What's still going on in the news? Um, I want to play a little snippet of sort of COVID updates in the U.S. because, whoo, it is crazy. Very crazy. Um, that's just crazy. 35 million coronavirus cases. Lord have mercy. Ah. Uh, all right, uh, let's watch just a snippet of this. We're not going to watch the whole thing because it is a little bit long. Um, but we'll watch the beginning and then we will get into our local news. Yesterday's show was super interesting. I got a lot of um, really great feedback on it. So we'll talk about some of those things. And I have a video about, um, it's entitled Inside India's COVID Hell. Oh my gosh, those poor people in India. It's just unbelievable. Uh, what they're having to endure, but it just shows you that if if you're not um, ready for a pandemic and if you're not, you know, I think early on they seem to have been doing okay and then it just went crazy. And of course the Delta variant hasn't helped, has made things significantly worse. But uh, let's have a look at, at this. Now, the U.S. has surpassed 35 million coronavirus cases since the start of the pandemic, and that's where we pick it up this morning. Yeah, health experts are predicting cases and hospitalizations will continue to rise as the Delta variant spreads and millions remain unvaccinated. Dr. Anthony Fauci says new lockdowns are unlikely, but he offered this assessment of what's to come. I think we have enough of the percentage of people in the country, not enough to crush the outbreak, but I believe enough to not allow us to get into the situation we were in last winter. But things are going to get worse. The situation is already getting worse in many hospitals across the country. NBC News correspondent Shaquille Brewster is in hard-hit Nebraska. NBC News reporter Von Hilliard in Florida, which is now leading the country in new cases. Good to have you both with us this morning. Shaq, let's start with you. You're outside a hospital in Omaha that has a 25-bed COVID unit. What are they seeing right now? Mm -hmm. Well, just last week, Joe, that 25-bed COVID unit was actually full at capacity. They say that has tapered off a little bit, but they're continuing to see that increase in hospitalizations. And it's the same story that we've been talking about for weeks now. You have the increase in cases. And here in Omaha, you've been seeing a 140% increase in cases in just the past two weeks. That then leads to the increase in hospitalizations. And then those unfortunately unfortunate stories of lives being lost. Here in uh, Nebraska, there was 
was a, a sheriff's deputy that passed away over the weekend. There was also a 20-year-old in Lincoln, Nebraska, that also lost his life to COVID-19. So that is the situation here. You have doctors continuing to say, push the vaccine, get that vaccine. That is what is going to eventually lead to the end of this surge. Joe. And Vaughn, where you are in Florida on Friday, the state reported its highest one-day total in new cases since the start of the pandemic, even though we now have a vaccine, what has the impact been on hospitals there in the Sunshine State? Well, here in Florida, just overnight here, the AP is reporting the latest data from Florida to uh, the Department of uh, Health and Human Services is that they here in the state of Florida overnight broke the hospitalization record uh, compared to any previous peak here. This is the fourth wave. And yet what you are seeing in cities like here in Jacksonville, this hospital, 165 COVID patients alone, but across the city of Jacksonville, you are seeing compared to the other highest hospitalization record to date here in the city, it's at 165% of what that previous record here is. That is the extent to which these medical officials are telling us that the Delta variant is running rampant among the unvaccinated and then leading people to enter into these hospitals. And you said it, 100,000 new cases here across the United States on Friday. And we heard from Dr. Fauci just say yesterday, it's only going to get worse. And we have heard that at a local level. You are seeing this number when you are seeing that trajectory here only escalate here. And yes, we've seen an uptick of some folks getting vaccinated at the same time. That isn't going to stop people from getting here infected in the immediate, uh, immediate timeline. You know, and all this begs the question, what are elected leaders doing about these rising cases? Shaq, Nebraska's governor is pushing back on CDC guidance when it comes to masking. Why is he doing that? And what is he trying to do to try and reduce the number of cases there? Yeah, you heard really strong pushback against that CDC guidance last week from Governor Ricketts here in Nebraska. He's saying that Nebraska will not adopt that mass guidance. And he actually released a statement. I'll read a little bit from it right now. And he says that the CDC announcement only furthers the distrust that many have with the CDC and does not help to encourage more people to get the vaccines that are helping bring the pandemic to a conclusion. Over the weekend, he ended some of his emergency orders that you saw in place in the state of Nebraska. The governor pushing those vaccines and also emphasizing later in that statement that his expectation Despite the surge that you're seeing, his expectation once we get to the fall is that schools reopen fully for that in-person learning. Joe? Yvonne, here is some reason for optimism. We're starting to see a rise in vaccination rates in some hot spots. What are you seeing there across the South? Exactly. Going along with that correlation here, we're talking about 40-plus states that have doubled their number of COVID cases here over the last two weeks. At the same time, this is clearly leading to uh, an influx of individuals coming to get their initial shots. We were over in nearby Georgia on Saturday at a drive-through line where we met Tia Rowe. I want to let you listen to my very question. You've had it available to you for months. Why now? What took you these many months to finally decide to get the shot? Um, because I saw the cases are rising. I think um, because I've seen more people of my family and friends have taken it and they're okay. So that kind of like led me to think, okay, I could take it and I'll be okay. The states of Alabama and Missouri, they have more than doubled their vaccination rate over the last three weeks. Here in the state of Florida, about 78% increase. In Texas, 66%. It's a step in the right direction, Joe.
certainly is. We'll have to see how much more of a difference that can make. Shaq and Bond, thank you both for kicking us off this morning. We appreciate it. The Delta variant is bringing up new concerns also for nursing homes. They were the sites of some of the deadliest outbreaks during the pandemic. Now there are new calls to get more workers in those nursing homes vaccinated. Here's NBC News correspondent Kathy Park. Joe and Savannah, good morning to you both. As you know, nursing homes were once COVID hotspots, but with the Delta variant taking hold all across the country, health experts are sounding the alarm, saying that the vulnerable population living in these facilities are at risk once again. Worries over a dangerous and deadly repeat of COVID outbreaks at nursing homes and long-term care facilities as the Delta variant tightens its grip. It's very scary. Are we going to go through this all over again. In Mississippi, where infections are soaring, health officials say there have been outbreaks in 72 nursing homes. And according to a local health officer in Indiana, seven residents died from the virus at an unidentified facility where less than half of the staff was vaccinated. Nationwide, more than 80% of residents in nursing homes are now fully vaccinated. Among staff, the number is around 58%. And experts worry the unvaccinated group will contribute to the spread. And then, you know, we have a frail elderly population who got vaccinated very early. They may have some waning immunity and put all of that together. And there's really just very large vulnerability for nursing homes. Jody Merritt has to get tested twice a week before visiting her 83-year-old mother at a Florida nursing home. What is your biggest fear moving forward? They're going to go back to locking us out again. That was the most horrific year of my life. The isolation is the worst. But the trends we're seeing now is a major shift from last year. The New York Times reporting that after vaccine rollouts from late December to early February, cases in nursing homes fell more than 80 percent and the number of deaths dropped 65 percent. But back in Florida, growing challenges for people like Jody caught in the vaccine divide. It's frustrating because they don't realize that they're behaviors are keeping us from our family members. And just last week, 60 major health organizations signed a statement supporting a vaccine mandate for healthcare workers and those working in long-term care facilities. Savannah, Joe. All right, Kathy Park, thank you so much. A major milestone in the UK. Starting today, American visitors won't need to quarantine as long as they're fully vaccinated. NBC News foreign correspondent Matt Bradley joins us now from London's Heathrow Airport. So, Matt, I'm guessing you've already seen some emotional arrivals there today. What's the mood like right now? What are travelers telling you? Yeah, guys, good morning. I mean, you guys saw, remember that movie, Love Actually, the opening when they were in Heathrow Airport? And they're talking about everybody <laughs> greeting each other. You saw the movie, I think. It was like that. It really was in real life. Uh, there was a lot of tears, a lot of emotions. We actually spoke with one young woman who's been living in the state. She's a British citizen. She's been there for three years, and she hadn't seen her mom in that, in that time. Uh, and she was so relieved to be back. Here's what she told us. It's so overwhelming. I've been really on edge for the last couple of days. I didn't know what it was going to be like coming in. And, and like I said, we haven't seen each other in three years. So that was really overwhelming. And, um, but it's a really good feeling. And I'm home and I feel so good. And, you know, it, that was just one of many. I mean, there were really were a lot of, of really emotional scenes today. A lot of people who already had booked their tickets and they had been planning on doing that 10-day quarantine, and now they were just so relieved 
to not have to be stuck in a hotel. Some people who are on business trips who had been budgeting in that 10-day quarantine because they had to come to Britain. Now they say they're going to spend that time sightseeing. Guys? All right, folks. So a little bit of a happy news there at Heathrow Airport. I think Caymanians, uh, people traveling from this location going in the other direction are not going to be too happy about what I'm going to tell What I'm hearing is Cayman on Thursday is likely to be placed on the Amber list. So remember, there's some confusion about us not ever really being on the green list, but we've been on the green wait list. I always thought we were in the green list, but it turns out we've never been on the green list. We've been on this green wait list, which is kind of like, you're not quite going to be on the green list. Um... But as it turns out, folks, I'm hearing that we're going to probably be stepped back down to the Amber list, which for students returning to the UK, good luck with that. Make your plans, honey gel. Traveling right now is not for the faint of heart. Believe me when I tell you that um, you're traveling with the understanding that anything can happen, that literally you could get stuck for a very long time um, not being able to see your loved ones. And it's unfortunate because if borders start to shut down, they're not going to say, oh, we're going to give you a week necessarily before we start closing borders. It could happen in a very short space of time. And sometimes, depending on where you are, um, it might actually be happening with absolutely no notice at all. So I know a lot of Caymanian children wanted to come home for the summer, but you took a chance. So when you go back to the UK, uh, you might have to have some options for quarantining. So just keep it in mind. I'm not saying it's a definite yet, I'm just telling you that CMR sources have indicated that it's likely to happen. So we should mentally prepare for it. Because you know when you're not mentally ready for something, how hard it is? Yesterday that happened to me. <laughs> Remember I was telling you guys I was going to go to the doctor about my shoulder and review the MRI and kind of see what's going on. So all sorts of, um, I've got inflammation like in two different areas. Um Sorry, what is it, buritis? I don't even know what the difference with that and inflammation is really. And then they're saying that there is a tear in one section as well. And uh, we can't figure out how this tear might have happened because he's like, you know, did you injure yourself? And I'm like, I can't really think of anything that I've done or haven't done that could have um, caused a tear. I mean, I don't even know what causes a tear really. Um. So then he said to me, we could give you another injection. Remember I told you about that injection before. To be fair, the injection that hurt the most was the one in the elbow. Ooh. That was not kosher. I was just like, listen, that was painful and it seemed to stay in there forever. I was holding on to the nurse squeezing her little arm, child. She must have been like, ooh. She might have a bad shoulder, but she sure is strong. <laughs> so, um, and he did one in the shoulder as well, but I just wasn't mentally prepared for it yesterday. So when he offered it, I said, 
no thanks. <laughs> I have to be, I have to mentally, even, even if it's like before the appointment, like, okay, this is a possibility. Just get ready for it. Like, I can't just have you springing that sort of thing on me. Um, it's like the dentist, you know, when you go into the dentist, if they say certain things to you during your dental visit, you're just not mentally ready. You're just like, uh, I can't handle this right now. <laughs> Renita says, if I never hear the word COVID again, it'll not be, it will not, it will be too soon. Yep. Well, listen, I wanted to update you guys. Bursitis. Yeah. I don't even know. But, um... It's bursitis. Can you get bursitis anywhere? Bursitis shoulder. Yes. Let's see. Um, so intensive physiotherapy is, is what's being recommended. Um, uh -huh. Yeah, apparently there's some fluid sac there that protects the tendons that really, I think, isn't working quite as well as it should as well. So I don't know. I'm just like, I, I don't know. But listen, um, yes, Alice, that's, that's the point now in relation to people going back. Uh, they're going to have to prepare for the possibility that they're going to have to quarantine. And um, if you didn't have anything in place in terms of quarantining or you weren't ready or, you know, how that goes, um, this would be your opportunity to at least have something in place. You know, it's not a definite yet, but in the event that it happens, um, you know, it could be, could be come down the pipeline. So I would say be ready for it. So you guys know, um, I'm trying to send, we're, we're going to hopefully have a guest joining us for a minute during the show. Um, so I'm just going to send him the invite link from now. His name is Marcus. I'm going to tell you guys in a little bit why he's going to be joining us. Um, hopefully I can get a hold of him. Hmm. So, uh, yes, prepare, prepare mentally for the possibility. So yesterday, um, someone else, yeah, you guys notice anything going on weird with, um, with WhatsApp recently? where like you, you've received a message like before, but the notification comes in late. I've noticed that a couple times now where the notifications are just not lining up with, um, with the actual messages. Like it's really weird, super weird. Okay, let me just, um, yeah, I don't know what's causing it, but we'll see. Ms. Darlene says it was announced in the news that if you're fully vaccinated with proof, you need not quarantine. That's the latest news out today. Uh, is that coming from 
an amber company, uh, amber country. Just trying to clarify exactly where that is. Good morning to Miss Sue. Just back from a fabulous vacation, beautiful in East End, where it still feels like Cayman. And pray to God they don't allow that to happen. What's going on, Seven Mile Beach? Well, everybody wants to build on the beach, honey child. We're going to talk about it. Shouldn't the UK be on a Cayman amber or red list based on the relaxation of their COVID suppression? Well, here's the thing: we don't really have. Um, we're not using this. Uh, what is it called? RA, what were they called again? Red, amber, green. RAG, is that the order that they're doing it in? We're not using that method. So the UK is using that. I think some other countries are using that as well. But um, we are not doing that. So everybody's being treated equally as it relates to entry into our country in any event. So, yeah. So someone contacted me yesterday um, about A.L. Thompson's. She said that her husband is someone who um, works at A.L. Thompson's and is choosing not to get vaccinated. So she was showing me the letter that he received. And uh, it was a company memo sent out on Saturday. Now, you know, normally I get these things really quickly. So it took it took from Saturday to Monday for me to get it. But I think the truth of the matter is, and I've said this before, that y'all have to recognize that um, more and more staff and, you know, are going to be subjected to these mandates. And you, you have a choice. Everybody's like, well, nobody can force me to do it. You're absolutely right. No one can force you to do it. And they'll give you a choice. So it might be no bonus. You can choose not to take your bonus. And um, they want you to be tested every single week. If you want to do that, you know, there's certain things that you can do. Um, and uh, oh, yes, I forgot to. Add her back to the news list. Okay. So uh, yes, you can you can certainly make your choices as such. But they come with choices, and I was reminding reminded yesterday that I think I got it. I think I told you guys that it was seven days last year that um, A.L. Thompson's had to shut down because of the pandemic. And actually it was seven weeks. Um, I think the seven days came from when they had an infection. But in total, there was five weeks that they were completely closed to the public. And then there were um, another two weeks when it was like delivery only options. So that's a total of seven weeks. I, I want you guys to think about this for a second. If you own a business and you have to shut down for seven weeks, what do you think the chances are of your business surviving? Most of you can't go two weeks without some sort of revenue coming into your business. 
And I think it's easy for workers to not think that that's their concern, that they have to worry about those things. They just want to show up and collect a paycheck. And yeah, you don't have to worry about those things because you don't actually own the business. That's the luxury of not being a business owner. That's not your concern. That's not your worry. But it is the worry of um, of management. You know? So uh, it's quite sad. But that's exactly the reality of the situation. And you always have a choice. Now, your choices are going to more and more be limited. I shared with this person how a lot of companies in the U.S. are mandating, including Amazon, they are now mandating um, COVID vaccines. And there's an entire, there's a very, very interesting um, thing about the one with um, like places like Walmart and so on where they're mandating mandating it for management. So the people who are on the front line who probably need it more than anybody else, they're not yet mandating it for those individuals. And you soon hear them start crying prejudice. Wait for it, wait and see. Um, But as that news clip said from, was that the NBC one or the other one? That basically now that they have an uptick of infections in the US, Florida, going crazy again, the most hospitalization since the pandemic started now in Florida. I know a lot of you going to Florida for different reasons, some trying to vacation, which you really shouldn't be, but some for medical treatments and so on. You have to consider the point that you're probably in not the best state in the world for this whole COVID situation. So... um. You know, there's a whole list of countries, uh, companies that are now mandating it, Amazon, Walmart, all these other companies. And there is a little bit of um, an interesting legal situation because apparently the lawyers are all saying that as long as it's applied equally. So they're kind of questioning, for example, if Walmart says that they're only mandating it for management and not for frontline staff, that could be like a, an equality argument that could be brought legally. But if they're mandating it for everyone, then it is what it is. And locally, uh, the places so far that have mandated it are mandating it for everyone. And so Ale Thompson's has taken on um, this position. And I can't say that I blame him. Because again, I said to this person, put yourself in his shoes for a second. Shut down your business for seven weeks and still pay staff every single penny, although they were not working for seven weeks, and you're still in the position to give them a bonus. Then you come and talk to me when you consider the real possibility that when we creep towards reopening our borders, that this country will be in a position where it will lock down. That's more likely than not. This isn't us trying to think negatively. This is us being realistic. So this is a situation right now. I don't know how many staff members he has, 
but 91%, I guess we could do reverse math. What's um, if 17 are unvaccinated, can somebody do the math for me? 17 are unvaccinated, but 91% are vaccinated. So if we round it down to 10%, that sounds like a couple hundred people um, work there. Is that right? Is my math right on that? Somebody do the math for me. So 91% are actually vaccinated. And it says here that the vaccination rates are climbing. And so this letter is him congratulating employees um, about doing what he says is the right thing to do. 17 unvaccinated staff members have not yet received their bonus. Um, it's been postponed for another week, which will give them time, he says, to think about it and consider having the vaccination. It's also going to give the company time to decide how to deal with their unvaccinated staff. So they haven't yet decided what that's going to mean for them. So... They're so far the first private company that we're aware of to mandate vaccinations. He refers to an article on CNN that says corporate America is saying get vaccinated or get out. European countries and companies are stating the same thing. Our government is ready to mandate no vaccination, no work permit. So he's saying, listen, I might be the first to actually pull the trigger, but um, it isn't, and in and, and a second, it's gonna be the norm even here in the Cayman Islands. I think um, Alt is, is correct in, in reference to that. Someone else was saying to me that their company has over 700 employees in Cayman. I don't know where they work. What company would have over 700 employees? That's a lot, uh, probably maybe, locally and overseas, but um, that they felt like this was going to um, soon, you know, indicate that vaccines were going to be um, mandatory as well. Good morning, Robert. Um, Alice says, so unfair for Cayman as we don't have transmission. Yeah, well, there's a number of reasons um, that that can happen. So, you know, yeah, it can, it can happen for a number of reasons, but, um, part of it is the region that we're in. Part of it is our vaccination rate. I don't think that they necessarily look at little Cayman with their small little population as being a separate country. They're going to look at factors uh, that impact the entire region. Good morning to Maria. Juanita says she has bursitis in her right shoulder and it's really hurts. Well, I guess imagine that combined with um, inflammation in two different areas and a possible torn something or another. I don't even know. Jonathan says, do you get most of your news from CNN? Actually, no, I don't. I watch a lot of European news channels. Um, what you just saw was NBC News, uh, the two videos that we shared. So none of that was CNN. Are you paying attention, Jonathan? Have you had your puff of anything this morning? Because something's clouding your brain. You either haven't had it, and so your brain is cloudy, or you have had it, and your brain is cloudy. Hmm. I'm not sure which one. Hey, Tommy, joining us in the Bahamas. Elmer says it's coffee time. Manuel, thank you. Uh, K-Man will remain closed forever. Well, we know that's not a possibility. The fourth wave. Renita, I'm I'm with you when you're talking about, can we never hear of COVID again? I wish. 
Uh, Jean Scott says, yes, we need to get ready for when we open. Mario says, this is why I stay home and trade and have Hurley's delivery. Um, speaking of staying home, Mario, um, you know, one of the issues with isolation, I think the biggest issue with isolation is the um, the mental element, you know, of being by yourself. So um, it's just, I think it takes more of a mental toll, especially if you're not used to that. Children have hard, had a hard time isolating. And this is why, you know, we're really hoping that we don't have to go back into lockdown because I think that that's going to be so detrimental for so many people. Oh my God. It's just unbelievable when you look at all these waves all over the world. I don't even know what to say anymore. I'm just like, every day I get up and I read some of the headlines. I'm just like, Jesus, what next? It's crazy. Mm-mm-mm-mm. So um, in terms of, you know, we, we do try to obviously keep an eye on what's happening. So um, it's just crazy. And people are still talking about traveling. Here's a headline of the Miami Herald. Traveling this summer, here's what you should do to stop COVID spread. Now, I know you want to get out, but traveling? The pandemic has significantly impacted student learning. So Miami-Dade and, you know, public schools are ramping up. So they're hiring teachers and tutors and academic and mental health counselors, getting families more engaged to get students back on track for the new school year, whatever that will look like. Um, yeah, it's just crazy. So, uh, the COVID has become a political issue in a lot of places. So for example, Broward County public schools have backtracked on their mask mandate on Monday, saying that the district would comply with the governor's executive orders that prevents schools from requiring facial covering. So the, the governor in Florida has taken a very interesting position and he's saying that they can't mandate mask wearing. And so he was um, bucking heads with the public schools, but then he said he would cut their funding. Imagine this, he's gonna cut their funding if they don't do what he wants. So it's so, it's so interesting how people look at this, right? So some of you are up in arms about, well, you shouldn't be able to tell me what to do when it comes to um, mask wearing, um, sorry, when it comes to COVID um, vaccinations. And then when it comes to mask wearing, uh, there will be people who will tell you, you have to wear a mask and then y'all don't want that either. And then there are people who are saying like um, the Santos here, um, you can't tell people to wear a mask or I'm gonna cut your funds. It's like every single thing has consequences. So that's what he's saying. I mean, he is—he doesn't seem to believe that COVID is as bad as they're claiming. Um, and so he's saying, if you mandate mask wearing, I'm going to cut your money. Well, 
that's kind of what LT is doing, isn't it? If you don't get vaccinated, you're not going to get your bonus potentially. Or you may not even have a job. So we're going to switch gears a little bit here. I'm super excited to be talking about the women's senior football team. They have been on a, I mean, this is amazing news, but they have been on a winning streak over the last couple of days. We have Marcos Tinoco, hopefully I pronounced that right, who's going to be joining us and telling us what these amazing women have been up to. Look at this team. Look at the squad. They look good. And they've been kicking everybody's butt all over the region. Uh, Marcos, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's How great are you? To be with you this morning. Very happy morning for us. Yes, thank you so much for joining us. Um, so this is the women's senior squad. Yes, yes. And I'll, they've I'll had a phenomenal um, trip. So tell us a little bit about where they've gone, uh, when they got there, and I think they've at least won like three or four matches, right? Yeah, we played three matches here in Turks and Caicos, Providenciales. Uh, this is a, a, a FIFA sanctioned tournament organized mm -hmm. by the Turks and Caicos FA. Um, so uh, those games count for the FIFA ranking, you know, and then we are very happy because we collect good, very good results and that we improve a lot our position in the FIFA ranking. And uh, we have some challenging games, but you know, our team was well prepared, you know, and then we... We really play good football. Everybody here is very amazing how we played and our display of skills. Our girls did great. So it's it's a, was excellent. So let us know who have we won against so far? What are the teams that we beat over the last couple of days? And do you recall what the scores were? Yes. The first game we played against Bahamas, right? Yes. So then uh, we score... Um, there was the, the, the first scorer was Suzanne Lucas. We beat them by 4 0. Mm -hmm. Then Molly Kehoe scored two goals. Then Serena Nelson scored a four to go. That was the first game. That was a very challenging game for us because historically we always struggle against Bahamas, which is our you know big rival in the region, you know. Mm -hmm. And then our second game we play against the USVI, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the uh, USVI was impressive, you know. They have mm -hmm. a young team, but very fast and skillful girls. And they give us some hard time in the beginning, but we also uh, control the game. And then we score five goals in that game. Um, so, uh, and then that, that the second we qualified us for the final. And... By coincidence of the tournament, we got Bahamas again because they also have a good, uh, good games uh, after play against us. Mm -hmm. And then uh, in the final, we we score a great. Suzanne Lucas scored a great goes in the beginning of the game, so that give us uh, our give our team our team some kind of relaxation and control of the game. Mm -hmm. So then Nisa Godet scored the second. A uh, few minutes after, so we scored two zero in the beginning of the game. We started giving the full pace. Then the things became a little bit more complicated because Bahamas start pushing, you know, and start coming to attack. So the game was kind of open and very exciting game actually. So we finished the first half winning by two nil. So then halfway in the second half, when the games are kind of even, so we score again. 
by Serena uh, Nelson. She and she got into the game. She she as a sub, and then she was like, I stormed to the Bahamas areas and then score one goal, and then win five minutes after she scored again. So she scored the the last two goals for our team, and she could have scored two more goals, but the goalkeeper that goalkeeper was very good too. So it was exciting. So and there was a lot of celebration after the games when we 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 won uh, our three games. We mm -hmm. scored 13 goals, and we only we didn't concede any goals. So that was amazing for us. And also, uh, Brianna Poifong and Molly Kehoe received the trophy of the most valuable player of the tournament. And Molly Kehoe also she she was the top scorer of the tournament. Wow. Sounds like we've been doing awesome. Now, Is was this part of a tournament? Like, have we won a tournament or what's the... Yeah, we won the tournament. We won the, we won the final yesterday. So we are the champions of this tournament. Wow. This yeah. is amazing. Yeah. Wow. Congratulations then to the women's senior team. Now, yeah. I understand that you guys are traveling um, back today. Yes, we are going back on the Camarish charter flight. Okay. At, at two... 220 and then so after that we have to to be in quarantine for a few days yes so, okay yeah. and everyone on the squad is vaccinated all of these women are vaccinated yes only okay. some very young girls haven't got vaccinated yet but everybody else is vaccinated yeah. and uh here in here in Thursday because the things are are, are, are okay you yeah. know we don't have many cases of covid but they they open the border so they do, don't have to be in quarantine here you just need to do the covid test when you arrive mm -hmm. you know and there's some some restrictions still going on you know you have to face maximum all closed places and but the country safe they are open for tourism they reach about 75 percent the vaccination rate here and then you know the country's open they have a lot of tourists you know and the country's back to normal mm -hmm. beautiful well, thank you so much, uh, Marcos, for joining us this morning and giving us a live update on how our women have been performing and how they've been doing. Um, well done. I hope that um, I know because of COVID restrictions, we can't quite have a celebration right away yeah. as we, they arrive we, at the we, airport. We organize something after the quarantine. Yes, sure. yes. Very good. Yes. Yeah. After they come out of quarantine, we can definitely yeah. um, have a little celebration. So uh, safe travels today to you and all of the um, women and everyone else on the squad. I know that it's a lot of hard work that goes into um, these types of events. And I think they've done amazingly well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we are very happy, you know, and not only because they play great games, but the, the group is very well disciplined, you know, those mm -hmm. girls focus and they were hard for a few months, you know, and then that's, that's our reward, you know, the team is very united, you know, all them, you know, are really friends. And this is very rewarding for us to have such a great program. Yes. yes. And, and the chief also, thank you. And President Ticker also for your support to our women's program. Yes, absolutely. Well, we're here to, to cheer them on in any way that we can. So, Marcos, um, thank you again. He's joining us from TCI, folks. Uh, where the women's senior squad has been playing and they've been kicking everybody's butt, uh, winning 5-0 all over the place. Yeah. So it's the Turks and Caicos Women's Football Festival. Yes. And um, our women are the champions. So yes. congratulations, Team Cayman. Well yes. done. Thank you so much.
Thank you. Thank you. All the best. All right, my dear. So that's the Cayman Islands Football Association. They're with uh, the Women's Senior Squad. And again, they have won this amazing tournament, folks. So um, well done to them. Yes. Good job. Good job. Um, so we, we appreciate him uh, jumping in to the discussion this morning as well. Let me just see if I can... Uh, All right. Um, so wonderful, wonderful. Um, Jonathan has confirmed he hasn't puffed anything yet for the day. <laughs> Jonathan, do what you got to do. That's all I'm saying. Um, so we've got Andrew who's messaging us. Apparently he has lost his wallet. Um, if you've seen a wallet, it's a credit card holder with cars or cabs written on it. He has a CNB bank card, driver's license, and a Fidelity medical card, plus a couple of business cards. It was lost around excuse on Saturday evening, um, Friday night, Saturday morning. So he was out kind of late there, Andrew. Um, so if you've seen a wallet for Andrew, Andrew Sylvie is his name of Badabanu Road. Um, please let us know. And... Um, You know, we listen, we find people, you guys, not me personally, but you guys find wallets um, all over the place. And so, um, you know, if you find his, let us know and we can reunite him with his wallet. Mm -hmm. um, okay, give me one second here. All right. Okay, so Anywho, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. um thank you. Thank you very much, Andrew, for that. We're, we'll keep an eye out um, on your wallet for you. So, yes, Miss Ann says congratulations, congratulations to the Senior Ladies Squad. Buenos dias, Alba. Hello, Miss Beulah. Uh, Dave. <laughs> out out kind of late there, Andrew. Yes, honey chill. He's like, Friday night, maybe Sunday morning. I was out till 2 o'clock in the morning. All right, Andrew. Living his best life. You go there. Uh, not a problem. He's a he's an adult. He can do that if he wants to. That's the beauty of it, right? Um, the weekend. Oh, by the way, yesterday I received a lot of interesting feedback on yesterday's show. And some observations. Um, one person said to me um, that they, they were equally appalled at how some individuals are, um, you know, talking about the whole thing with the DPP's office and how it's not just the DPP's office or people who work in education and kind of all over that um, are subjected to this type of discrimination. We don't even know what to really call it, but it's where other people come to the Cayman Islands to do a job 
oftentimes you have to train them for them to do their job. And then within a couple of years, they kind of have this idea in their head that they are in a better position than you and that they can kind of tell you things that are quite, um, I don't even know what, what the right word is for it, but the only word I can think of is rude. Like they're just absolutely rude and, and they, they think they can say whatever. So someone said to me, even with the comment that I shared yesterday, my own experience with um, Darlene Oku from the DPP's office and her flippant comment, like we're walking out of a courtroom and they said she would never do that in Canada, you know, to any of her, um, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm not her client. I'm the defendant in a case, right? But it, it was really rude. And I mean, I, I was taken aback by it because I've never in all of my time going back and forth to court ever been subjected to that. So it was really surprising. And then the more I thought about it, I thought offensive. Yeah, John Scott, thank you. It is offensive. And then I thought the audacity of her thinking that she could talk to me like that. Um, and she did. And I think, I don't know if she was taken aback by my response, but let me tell you how interesting it was. My own lawyer was like, oh, Miss Sandy, you can't, you can't say that. Don't you, don't you say anything to her. And I'm like, with all due respect, Mr. Lawyer, she said something to me. And now you're telling me that I don't even have the right to respond. I said, what, what parallel universe are you living in? Because that's not how this is going to play out. You know, you're, you don't be disrespectful. You don't belittle me. You don't be unprofessional to me and think that I'm not going to respond because I will respond. Um, and you're probably going to get some of what you just dished out, you know, so her rudeness was met with equal rudeness on my part. And it continued like throughout the entire trial. Like I'm really, really surprised at how she conducted herself. And to this day, every single time I see this woman, I mean, I just look at her and I just have to wonder if that's how she conducted all of her cases or was it just my case? Did I just get the extra special rude treatment? You know, and I sit there and I'll like look her square in the face. Like sometimes I see her at the coffee shop and um, I look at her and I'm just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't say anything, but you know, I'm looking with the side eye. She gets a special kind of like side eye. Um, so yeah, I see Mr. Doug is doing the lawn this morning. <laughs> I have to remind people that I'm doing my show. So when they come and do the lawn like early in the morning, I'm like, can you not do it right by the window? where I'm doing my show right now. Um, I'm just sending him a quick message. Uh, yep. I knew it was going to happen. I was just sending him a message to say my husband's going to get pissed off when the weed whackers cut his, he has this very thin lighting um, fiber. And sure enough, I'm looking at the window. The guy just cut it. I mean, literally as I'm sending Doug the message, it says, by the way, with the weed whackers, because they be using that weed whacker, I'm like, Marlon gets pissed off when they cut his lights. And I didn't even finish typing it as I'm looking at the window. And there's the guy trying to pull the wiring 
he's actually messed up his own little weed whacker. It's all entangled in his weed whacker because they don't actually pay attention to see that the lighting is running along the concrete. Um, it's actually on the concrete. It's not even on the grass, but because of they just use these weed whackers, child, all over the place. Let me call Doug. Y'all hold on one second. Because I need to warn him that the light, they're all over the place. So he needs to be careful. Now look, he's going to continue cutting it. He's not even paying attention to what he just did. Uh-huh. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Good morning, Jonathan. Good morning, Jonathan from St. Martin. See, he's going to, he's going to keep, you know, people don't really pay attention. Okay. I can't reach Doug. These guys are new, so I wouldn't expect them to necessarily know. Because they're going to go around now and cut the whole thing and poor Marlon is going to be so upset when he comes back and um, he has no lights left and he keeps buying these lights because at night they're like very thin fiber lights and at night it looks really, really good. But um, child, they're always, they're always cutting it. <laughs> He's going to have to buy more. Um, Irvlin says, just go out to them. <sighs> Lord. Darlene, yes, the belittling of Caymanians is beyond unprofessional. Good morning, Marshall. Um, Anne says, say it out loud, Sandy. Um, yeah, child, they be using that weed whacker like I don't know why. All right, give me a second. Maybe I will try to go out to them and have a little conversation. Give me a few minutes and I will be, as a matter of fact, while I'm going out there, watch this video of what's happening to our wow. ocean. I'm down the jet ski, and right about here is where this would have all be beach. This is like four feet of water right here. Holy cow, this is insane. Are you guys enjoying yourself? about 50 to 75 feet away this would be beached and there's nothing no more beach so everybody wanted the beach front they got it it's right up to their doors There's like no beach. Up to five years ago, maybe three years ago, there was a beach here. There's no beach. 
I'm in the Wave Runner and I'm just like 30 feet from the shoreline right now. And right now I would be on the beach. And I got about five feet of water where I'm at right now. This is insane. Like everybody that walked past this place knew there's no way. No way. Look. Stones. You wanna have space to walk past this house? Rainbow's cast over this, this development. Hopefully that, that's a sign of good things. But this beach is gone, done. I'm in line with the steps. This would be beach right now. All this would be beach. Gone. Who wants to go to Marriott's beach? It's nothing. They're not selling beach. Hey, I could pull the wave run off. And it's deep enough. can't be selling beach here. I, I can tell you that for sure. There's nothing to use. I mean, there's benefits of the beach, but those opportunities are washing by. No beach. stand about 20 feet from this wall here and it's gotta be at least three and a half feet right now. Public access. There's no concern for me running around here. It's so deep. used to be up here. 
time, Rumbi. No more. No more beach. What's going on now? What's happening with these people? Please tell me. I'm curious to know what. You've lost the beach. The people have lost the beach. We can't walk on this public beach. Seven and a half miles. By the look of it, it's probably six miles left. No fair running ground. Not at all. I'm going to push it a little further. I mean, this could be a boat ramp. We could have this on the boat ramp. Look. Still no threat of running around. Beach is gone. definitely a sight to take in. I know, couldn't be. There's no beach here. I mean, don't get me wrong. This, They have probably the best beach here on this side of, of the shoreline going south. These guys? Holy cow. What are you going to do? Wow, folks. Um, it's shocking. I've never seen anything like it in my lifetime. Um, I suppose that we're still relatively young. I mean, I'm still quote unquote relatively young in terms of the beach front, but, um, I'm, I'm trying to find out what, what's causing this. Does anybody really know? Uh, Charlene says I'm angry and hurt. I mean, is this part of what mother nature does? And it's just every, I don't know, two, 300 years that this happens and, so although we've been trying to claim beachfront property, Mother Nature just cleans it back. And she's like, irks, not so fast, you beachgoers. Is it us? Is it overdevelopment? Like what is causing it? So we are looking to put together a panel of individuals who are well-versed in this and who can have an intelligent conversation around this subject matter. So I can't claim to be an expert because I'm not an expert. So if you know someone who um, is an expert in coastal erosion, uh, coastal you know um, issues, please reach out to us. We would be most interested in making contact with these individuals, preferably um, people who are familiar with the Cayman situation. But even if they're not and they kind of have knowledge um, in terms of you know, coastal knowledge overall on what the contributing factors are to coastal erosion, then please let us know. One of the things that we're very, very much aware of, and this is even a concern for Miami, 
is Miami is, I mean, I don't want to use the word sinking, but it is sinking, <laughs> you know? And this has been a concern that in the next 50 to 100 years, um, low-lying areas such as Miami, um, it's going to have a problem. So Miami is considered one of those sinking cities, and they've been talking about it for a number of years. And, um, you know, even with the Surfside collapse, the building collapse, the question of um, buildings and overbuilding in certain areas and the types of buildings that are going up um, really makes people question how much of these types of situations can we learn from? And um, is it something that we can ever recover from? And I, I don't, I personally do not have the answers. I'm here looking for answers myself. I want to know what do we need to do? What's the solution? Uh, Flashpoint says the older people understood not to build on the beach. And um, Rachel makes reference to the 2003 report on Seven Mile Beach erosion. Developers, again, and Natasha, I completely agree, no concept of setbacks and installing seawalls, which leads to erosion. Should seawalls be illegal? Darlene is also angry, saying that, you know, her grandchildren and her children will have nothing of Seven Mile Beach in short order. 2003 report, Rachel says that was not acted upon. Marshall has uh, the opinion that the seawall is a contributing factor. Rosie says, Lord, wait for the next hurricane. Mm. Mm -mm. Um, Gabby, this government actually, um, at least their leader, ran on an environmental platform, so to speak. Uh, Rachel has provided the report to us. Thank you very much. We have received it as well. I've not had an opportunity yet to, um, to look at it. But let's let's look at some of the pictures. I mean, they're just shocking. Have a look at this. OMG. Look at this. The beach, the beach is gone. And the irony of it is that people are um going on and on and on about wanting beachfront property. Well, you don't have beachfront anymore. You got oceanfront. And if you think the beach can be rough, Lord, you wait and see what the ocean can do. The ocean will tear those walls down when it's ready. I love how they put up their little scientum of private property. Look at the steps. The steps are in the water. Soon that's going to be underwater. Look at that. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Whoa. Wow. The concrete soon start floating away. horrible. Thank you to Robert Barreau for providing that um, video footage, which has gone viral to us. Um, we appreciate, you know, we, we can't be everywhere at the, at the same time. And as you guys know, um, CMR is really about community news. And so we appreciate it when all of you contribute to that process. So Robert took it upon himself to go out and um, 
record this video. His video has over 12,000 views already. So many people are shocked by this. I mean, I'll be honest, you know, we went to the beach on uh, Sunday, but we only went to that little sliver of public beach. We didn't walk up and down the beach, but look at this. We wouldn't have been able to walk. We would have to swim. And look at how it's starting to go under. Th this wall here, that is so close to the foundation. That's part of the foundation, if you ask me, really, of this building, that it's not going to be long before um, it starts to clean the buildings, too. It's going to wash these buildings away. Folks, if you own these properties, you own a condo now in these areas, and you paid millions of dollars, well, I feel sorry for you. Because guess what? Your million-dollar beachfront condo is on the verge of collapsing if we can't recover from this. Now they're trying to build more walls. Is this approved by planning? Is this the solution? They're putting up sandbags. You know, I think we need to be careful how we respond to this situation and allowing private developers to just put up more retention walls and even do more damage. Is that the solution? You guys tell me. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, I'm not the expert here, but let's see some of your comments. Charlene says, in a snippet, it's overdevelopment and building against the waterline law by developers. Ms. Judy says, it has always happened. It's just now that they changed the structure of the land that the sand keeps getting misdirected and can't go back to where it was before. What a mess. Um, this other person says, I spent a significant portion of my time, flashpoint, sorry, on that beach as a child. It's a shame to see this. I wonder if climate change is a part of the problem. Rachel says the report basically says building too close, nearer than the natural vegetation line, putting out, uh, pulling out sand from the dunes and concreting on them and mixing the sand for development. Mm -mm -mm. Ripping out the protective natural trees and worst of all, installing seawalls that bounce the waves and throw the sand back into the sea and down the drop off or mixing or making it worse. Wow. And we're doing all of those things. Mm -mm -mm. Here's another one. Wow. Where's where's the Department of Environmental Environment? Are they anywhere to be found? Oh, it's horrible. Uh, big thanks to Rachel and others for some of the um, photo coverage. W what is all this construction? What are they doing? You see, this now is where the government needs to step in and say, pump the brakes. Let us make sure that the solution that we are trying to put in place is a solution that's actually going to work and not make it worse. So we have someone who's sharing a photo from 2003. Um... A 
is this the report that we we have a report here from 2003 talking about beach erosion this is very interesting thank you so much for sending that to us um, i think what we need to do is we're going to spend some time actually going through uh these reports and speaking to some experts about this but someone just sent a photo it's just a such an incredible difference the before and after of um the coastal line and if we've been talking about this in 2003 i cannot believe that we haven't adopted a more aggressive solution oh lord marcia said she had a dream that the cable wireless building was in the middle of the ocean girl is cable wireless stressing you out we got friends over there that can help you, you know, <laughs> you let us know. Um, Mariner's Cove, only the water instead of the road. She's in peace. Mm -mm. Marshall, so yeah, they're talking about private property. They got it now. Jump in the water. That's your private property. It's so funny because they're always um, fighting over beach access. And it looks like they may have destroyed it for all of us. <laughs> they will have none. And um, we will have none and nobody will have any. And that's not what we want. People need to listen to the Department of the Environment. Mm -mm -mm. It's horrible. Charlene, it sent some more videos. Thank you, Charlene. Let me just have a look here at your um, videos. Um, someone says that it's happening in spots as well. Um, so someone sent some video form from that area. Let me just have a look at this one. Hi, caramba. Mm -mm -mm. Thank you so much for the seawall demonstration. So the general consensus appears to be that seawalls, um, do not help the situation at all. Um, this this image is a little bit small, but let me see if I can show you guys some of these images that uh, we're receiving of kind of before and um, before and after, I suppose. Um, I think the guy didn't get the memo about being right outside the, the window. <laughs> All right, so here's one that shows um, beach loss eventually occurs in front of a seawall where there is chronic erosion and it kind of shows you what happens, right? So you have initial shore profile and the shore profile after the retreat. Significant actually. This is from the US Army Corps of Engineers way back in 1991. Hello, that's a long time ago. So why do we allow seawalls? I mean, call me stupid. But it seems to me that um, we should, I mean, again, I'm no expert here, but just a little bit of common sense that we should consider making seawalls illegal, completely illegal. If they're part of the problem, we should not be building seawalls. Here's what somebody said, removing mangroves, filling in swampland, is the melting glaciers affecting us in other countries? <coughs> Sorry. Um, 
we're just sharing it with the world. Uh, Iffy, Iffy Sands, where's Iffy Sands? Has gotten back some of their beach. And after last week, it's back under four um, feet of water. Who knows? Mm. It's hard to tell when some of these photos were taken, but wow. The one thing people come here for, folks, is actually your beaches. We don't have a whole lot to offer. Let us be very frank and honest. Right? Cayman has beaches. And beaches. No mountains. Nothing else. Look at this one. This is in West Bay, right? Mm-mm-mm. Natasha says, what fines can be levied against these property developers, especially as we, the Caymanians, will be the ones to clear the debris from our oceans when it falls in and gets hit with high insurance premiums. Well, here's the thing. Have they actually done anything against the law when we don't even have any real laws in place, right? So you can't find someone if what they've done actually isn't against the law. That's the sad part. And if it isn't against the law, then, I mean, you know, what can you do? Here's an older picture, it looks like, of more beach than what's there now. This is really a hot mess, I've got to tell you. Um... Someone said that, um, oh, yes, the, the other pictures I'm going to show you now are from 2017, which wasn't that long ago. Um, give me one second. Let me just save those. And so there's been a real difference even since then of what has happened to the beach. Huh. What a mess. Mm-mm. I think that our government, I know they have their hands full, but this is something that requires an immediate response. And so they need to put some kind of emergency team together to assess the situation. And if that means changing the laws and implementing some protections for the shoreline, then uh, that has to be done. So these are some 2017 photos that we see here that you're now seeing. So yeah, I'm I'm in support of um, them doing something a bit drastic. Now, here's a photo from. Um, let me see. Now I don't know when the original photo was taken in this one. It looks a bit dated. Do you think that was the '80s? Maybe. Do we know when that photo was? So this is in that same area. You can see it's the exact same building. Look at that. They used to have beautiful beach and beach chairs, lawn chairs out. Now look at it. What a contrast. Oh my God. Seriously. Huh. Wow. What a hot mess. Mm-mm-mm. And we can go even further back in time. Um, I don't know when, when this one was taken. 
but it says 2020 at the top, but I don't know if this is actually 2020 or not. Um, so there's that one. Mm. Wow. Where is DOT? I don't know. I don't know where anybody is. I, listen, I'm just sitting here asking questions because I'm shocked at honestly what I'm seeing. Uh, Miranda said Mall Beach is sinking. Is it? I mean, I don't know. What a royal mess. This is beyond a royal mess. Rachel says they've concreted over the domes, tore out the trees whose roots held the beach together and put structures on the active beach, which have strong walls. But the walls only protect the property behind the wall. Well, clearly not for much longer. They don't stop a rising sea and the waves break against them and roll the sand of the beach away. Mm -mm. Wow. Mm. Melanie, good morning. She says that seawalls kill beaches. Then why are they legal here in this jurisdiction? Oh my God. What a hot mess. Jorge says mother nature always wins. When you stop the waves from rolling up and back um, down, it digs the sand out. Patricia says extending the dock in town changed the natural flow. Check the dates that that started to happen. Lord, what a mess. Uh, Miranda wants to know if we really have a government. Well, to be fair to them, they just got in. This isn't a situation that they have created, but clearly now they will be left with trying to fix that along with everything else we're demanding that they fix. Vernice says soon we'll be able to drive right through the hotels in a boat. Lord. Mm -mm. Yeah, I'm trying to put all these buildings up. I agree. It's just too much. At some point, we've got to say enough is enough. You know, the irony of it is there's so much land in Cayman. It's like we're, we're, we're over building, over developing in a couple key areas. Make him go out to High Rock and East End. Plenty of land out there that they could be utilizing. I'm trying to find the picture that um, Mr. Dick Hart sent me. Um, give me one second here. So this is a real old time photo. What was the date on this one, Mr. Dick? This is going back to 1945. And this is a photo of the old bathhouse in Seven Mile Beach, which is next to the governor's residence. Let me see if I can pull that one up here. Mm -hmm. I need to flip it first. Um, rotate. Uh, give me one second. I need to rotate this image. <sighs> wow. All right. So we're going to do our best to try to get some people um, on the program who can from an educated perspective, talk about, you know, what we're looking at here, what's actually going on. 
because this is pretty this is pretty um, shocking to be quite frank, and I don't think that any of us. Um, are impressed with what we see. And uh, it, it's just it's just so incredibly unfortunate. We, we will probably never get this situation back. Look at this, 1945, look at how much beach there was. Miss hmm. Mary says, Sandy, my hubby is an old time seaman who worked in Seven Mile for years. He says, this is mother nature and happens every few years. And then the sand comes back. It's also happening up at North side on Finger Key, just saying uh, it is not the sea walls. It is nature. Is it really? And I don't think it happens every few years. I mean, uh, have we ever seen beach corrosion quite like this? Celine says there's no way to go camping anymore. Yep, there's another Caymanian tradition that will soon be lost forever. So here's another um, piece of footage that we received from, I think this, was this a spots area? Hold on. Um... I suppose there's probably a number of contributing factors. Someone said, listen, is the bigger issue here, um, climate change? Obviously, that's a concern as well. Uh, entirely possible. You know, we can't ignore that there are factors beyond our control that really do, not our control directly, I should say, but really do impact our lives and our quality of life. And I'm always shocked when people are like, oh, climate change isn't real. You guys need to get over it. You know, they claim that all the excessive heat and all this other stuff is mother nature as well. Mm -mm -mm. Thank you, Ms. Charlene. Here's some other photos that we're receiving from people. Boy, Cayman had some beautiful beach line. Look at that. But look at all the vegetation that was there. So this person says, um, Seven Mile Beach, Royal Palms, and Holiday Inn. One thing in the same, one thing is the same in all those pictures. Look how far back the buildings were. Greed caused it, building closer to the sea so they can have more condos. The seawalls cause a change in the currents and restricts the sand. So that's uh, someone sharing these photos with us. Is any of those vegetations, those trees even left? Whatever happened to like grape trees and stuff like that? Like you never see them on the on the beach anymore. 
all gone. Wow, what a difference. It's really, really shocking. Oh my Lord, where do we begin? Linda says the reefs are dying a mile a month from stony coral tissue loss disease, which is like COVID of the sea because of its rapid spread and high mortality. I don't even know what to, what to say anymore. It's just crazy. Carson says, God knows if we have an earthquake, God help us. Al says, nature will always rule. Mm. What are spurs, John? Megan says, well, now it's on CMR, so they, uh, so the government can't ignore it. This isn't PAC government fault, but they need to fix it and fix it fast. Ay, ay, ay. It seems to be only one end of it where the walls have been put there. So take them away. Watercolors have up lots of beaches, has lots of beaches. Ritz, Kempton, Weston, lots of beach. Mm. Cass says that whole port debacle and the fact that the silt was going to have downstream impact to Seven Mile Beach and they didn't care, then is all we need to know about their priorities and our environment overdevelopment, who we're developing for at risk of losing what we have now? Well, that's a good question and a good point, Cass, because that last government, they claim that um, the environmental impact of building that huge port wasn't going to be that bad, apparently. Linda says, no beach, no reef, no mangrove, just concrete and high prices. What is going to make us competitive for tourism? Our financial sector is run by long-term tourism. Are people coming for a year or two to enjoy this, uh, enjoy things as well? Lord. Richard said, don't send them to East End. <laughs> He's like, leave High Rock alone. I'm just saying spread spread it out a little bit. It's so over-concentrated in one area. Charlene says, don't blame the PAC government for this. Well, it needs to be fixed. I don't, at this point, you know, this is where we are. Um, the blame game isn't going to help. We do need to know and fully understand the implications of what the uh, factors are that are contributing to this. Natasha says all these foreign developers have never seen or lived near the beach or sea until arriving here and are suddenly the experts about beach preservation and telling us there's no harm in digging at the mangroves and building on the beach. I hope that they all slip into the ocean or flood for the shears stupidity <laughs> ay 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 what a hot mess robert good morning thank you so much your video has really brought the point home to so many people so thank you for getting out on your jet ski and doing that um really appreciate it cuz i think your your narration as well of what is taking place was super super important he says, so let's fast forward and ask the important question. When a hurricane destroys these seawalls, 
Will these condos complexes be responsible to clean up the damaged walls? Robert, you're asking too many intelligent questions now. Trust me. Another observer on WhatsApp says Dart does not plant any fruit trees in any of his properties. What's he planting? Because he has an entire nursery. So what's the issue there? They should be able to plant anything they want. Uh, someone else says, I suggest we take the advice of Julie Andrews in the movie, The Sound of Music, and then we start at the beginning. Number one, go to the planning board's office and get the designer and building plans for every individual development on the West Bay Beach and have an engineer audit the development. But what what's, what's the auditing going to do at this point? That could be a waste of time and resources which planning, by the way, does not have. I know I mentioned this last week. I don't know who missed the point. But did you all hear me say, and I said it at the police meeting, that the planning department, and I want them to correct me on this if I'm wrong, but the planning department at this point in time has no enforcement officers. Did you all hear me? Planning has no enforcement officers. And when I was asking my source, how can that be? How can you have no enforcement officers? I'm told that they've all left and resigned. There's only two of them anyway. And they have left and resigned. They had two and they left because of stress. So a Mrs. Rivera and a Mr. McLaughlin are both gone. So enforcement has its own section within planning. There's nobody there right now. How, how can that possibly be? I don't even understand that. My brain is confused. How can you have a planning department with no enforcement? So... When they resign, do you not try to recruit before they leave? Like, what am, what am I missing here? Something in the equation just doesn't add up. Um, some Jeffrey says something about eating parrotfish. Someone sent me a picture yesterday or a question about parrotfish. Are we... Is that a protected species? I, I'm, I'm not, I didn't quite read everything that they were saying, but um, is that a protected species that shouldn't be eaten? I'm a little bit confused about the parrotfish comment. <sighs> mm -mm. So Jonathan is disagreeing says there's no need for a panel of experts. This is a result of greed, institutionalized corruption to further that greed and the purposeful ignoring of God-given foresight in the name of that greed. And he disagrees with Mr. Mary's, Miss Mary's husband and says the hydrology of beach sand accretion is not rocket science. Well, I, I can't claim to know the solution here because I don't know. 
John says spurs are lock or lock rocks that are put out in the sea from the land shore to a way out to cause the sea to move out. And it brings back the beaches. Okay. Oh, Rachel says Courtney Platt is warning that parrotfish stock is in steep decline and that they make the sand, they poop it out, so they need to be protected. Oh, right. Somebody did send me something about parrotfish. Are they protected? Are we not? We haven't gotten there yet. We're going to wait until. Um, so this was just yesterday, ironically. Someone sent me this. Um, someone sent me this picture. Have a look at this. And they said, is this not the parrot fish that we're not supposed to be eating? But is it a law? I don't know. Thinking about some homemade fried or steamed fish, look no further. Check us out. And this person's like, eh, isn't that all the parrot fish? Whoa. Lord have mercy. Mm-mm-mm. I don't know. It's a hot mess. Robbing Peter to pay Paul, says Jonathan. Well, soon Peter can be broke too. So we're not going to be able to rob either one. Uh -uh. Uh, Natasha makes the point that you can't eat horticultural plants in a crisis. They should be planting or replacing fruit trees. Anybody notice, speaking of fruit trees, that this year you can't even find any um, plum trees? What's going on with the plums? I got one little bag yesterday. And, uh, child, I was shocked to even see them because I haven't seen them all year. Eden says, yep, zero enforcement officers. How is that possible? Caymanians, my brain is just like planning. What's going on? Well, the good news is planning department. We have a lot of unemployed Caymanians who could probably help you out. So advertise for the positions and get some people hired pronto. Eden says, I try to get them up here to make sure that the work sites had proper trash disposal. They were too busy with the large-scale developments for practicing insanity daily. Mm-mm. Rachel says the people need to be in enforcement speak out to save the island. Yeah, but Rachel, we're not actually enforcement officers. So yeah, we can speak out. But in order for planning to find people and to do those sorts of things, don't they need enforcement? And aren't they there to go around you know, ensuring that things are done the right way? I don't know. Thank you, Rachel, uh, for the explanation about the parrotfish. Maybe they should be illegal. They shouldn't be able to fish, parrotfish, then you can't eat them. We're just overfishing and, and it's just crazy. Yeah, Rory says in some places they're actually protected. Well, why aren't we doing that? 
Hello, Mr. Frederick. Uh, it says these are the same condo owners that used to send security guards to kick commandants off their property line. Yep, same ones. Same ones talking about right-of-way, blocking access points to the beach that doesn't exist anymore. Uh, Kirk says the bigger issue with planning is corruption and incompetence. Incompetence to the level that it's putting lives at risk. Wow. Damn. Wow. Lack of foresight and greed. CC wants to know about under the table deals because how come we never seen the request for it to be in the papers for people to write in against it? The small islands who corrupted, we won one of the beautiful best beaches and they're taking time smashing it up slowly but surely. Mm -mm. Oh, Miss Juanita, thank you so much. Yes, Miss Juanita is like, Sandy, you need to pick a winner for um, the mugshot of the day. All right, let's do it. Uh, we will continue this discussion. I just wanted to break the ice on it. We're nowhere near finished with this, believe me you. Um, we will continue this discussion. So Miss Juanita reminded me that I did promise on um, yesterday that we were gonna do our mugshot and we haven't yet done it. So let me show you some of the mugshots that we have received. And I want y'all to tell me now, uh, who should win? This will be by consensus. All right. So I got to see if I can find them all because there were quite a few. So we've just received one this morning. Um, this one will be sort of an honorable mention because this uh, gentleman has left the jurisdiction. He's gone to the UK. And when his coworkers said to him, what would you like to take with you? from the Cayman Islands, you know, a little souvenir. He said, I want a CMR mug. I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. So here he is uh, in the UK, enjoying perhaps some tea or coffee in his mug. All the way in Darlington, England. El Hacho is his uh, Instagram tag. He is enjoying himself in his garden. Beautiful. Thank you very, very much. Uh, we've got Louis, who has submitted a number of photos. So there's this one. Louis has also done the marijuana leaf ones, which you might remember. Um, I can't remember who sent this one in with the tea and fresh fruits. Nice. Um, we have the group shot from the Filipino community. That one's nice. Everybody's got their mugs. Uh, I'm trying to find some more. We had quite a few good ones. Yeah, so here's Louis in Detroit. Look at that one. In fact, um, that was such a good shot that he sent us more than one. Let me see here now. Oh, yes. 
there was this one of a breakfast sandwich and some, I think that might've been Milo or coffee. Uh, let me see here now. Mm-hmm. These mugs are making around the world, trust me. Um, I'm trying to find a few more here. Mm -hmm. Where else? All right, here's one more. This one is in the garden as well. The mugs are making it to the garden, folks. Look at there, the cold hard truth. Right in the garden. All right, let me look on uh, online for some other ones that we posted. So, um, we have this one. It was posted in July. This one's getting filled up with some coffee. FX sent their video mugshot in. Here's another one. Tea bag sitting on the patio. So these are a couple um, additional mug shots. There's Ervalyn with her mug. There's Andine with her mug back in February. Ah, this one is from the Brack. CMR mug on the Brack. Made it. Here's one in the um, on the breakfast counter. I'm trying to see what other ones we have. Uh, I'm trying to find um what are the mug shots we've got? Any other mug shots? Oh gosh, remember when we got our CMR sign? Way back in 2019, how exciting. All right, so what do you guys think for our mugshot winners? Any thoughts on who has the best mugshot? Oh, sorry. <laughs> you guys are like, we don't see. I was scrolling through the page looking at some mugshots. My apologies. Uh, let me go back up at the top. So we had um, this one at Ale Thompson's. That was a request to sign a mug. That was the first person that said, can you sign my mug for me? And then the whole concept of signing the mug has really taken off. So um, the next set that we're going to have, we're going to actually have them kind of pre-signed. But yes, that mug got signed. Uh, apologies, I didn't realize I hadn't shared the screen. So here... Is some others. There's that one from FX. There's Ervalyn. Miss Andine. I think that was um 
Oh, yes. There's the Brock shot. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's one for breakfast. That one was sent in last week. Right next to the little smiley face mug. That's so cute. For a birthday celebration. Oh, let's not forget young Colin. Let me show you guys this one. Young Colin sent in um, his mugshot as well. So give me one second. Let me pull this one up. Mm -hmm. Young Colin representing. He's a super fan. I think those are all the regular mugshots there. So, um, Irvlyn said she should win because she's actually drinking out of her mug. So here we go. There's young Colin boy. Got his CMR. I wonder what he was drinking. Probably some Milo. But there's young Colin enjoying his mug. Um, I'm just trying to see who else has sent me one. We do get them all the time. All right, so let's pick a winner of those that you've seen. If I missed anybody, my apologies. I'm just going through my phone to make sure I upload any others. Oh, yes. Let me not forget this one. Hold on. This one's quite good, too. There's some good ones here. Hold on a second now. This one is representing a little country love. Check that one out. Um, let me see here. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, yes, there was the one with the, um, this one was someone not drinking coffee at all, but they actually had like oatmeal or something in their mug. So they were like, listen, the CMR mugs are versatile. You don't just have to use them for beverage. You can actually put some oatmeal in it too, some porridge. There you go. Yes. Full of porridge, child. Beautiful. Um, someone sent us this one with their positive tea, positive energy tea. Let me pull this one up. There's a lot of good shots, actually. There was the one with Miss Joy Basteo um, at her wedding studio enjoying um, her tea in real time. So let me just pull this one up here. Mm-hmm. 
All right, let me read some of your comments while we're waiting on that one. Erflin says, I drink water, wine, tea, and beer from my cup. <laughs> She's got it covered. She's like, anything, ice cream. Ooh, I love ice cream in a cup. There's something special about ice cream in a mug. I don't know what it is, but that's the only way that I actually like to um, eat ice cream is in a mug. Ah, occasionally an ice cream cone, but I stick it in a, I turn it upside down, I put it in a mug. Because I like it to melt just a little bit, actually. Um. Oh, yes, here's one from Celine. So hold on, this is the one with the positive tea. I like that, positive energy. Sweet tangerine. And then we have, um, give me one second here. I'm going to show you guys this other one with some nice biscuits. Mm -mm -mm. Some scones, I think, or biscuits. What are those? Those are biscuits, maybe. And, uh, There's more. We got a lot of mug shots, actually. We got one on the dashboard. Couldn't see half of them. Sorry about that, Charlene. Hopefully, um, when I went back, you were able to see them. Um, thank you, turmeric, um, that's my one with the fruit and my uh, turmeric tea and ginger, Miss Juanita, yes. Ice cream for sure. All right, here's a, here's a fun one. Mugs on top of the dashboard. That's cute. And uh, here's a selfie one. Got my mug today. Thanks, CMR. This is our friendly receptionist over at the um, physio office there at HSA. All right, so let's pick one. What are, what are we thinking? We got the ganja leaf. We got the flag, the flower, a couple selfie shots. So let me see your comments on which one should win. Oh, let's not forget our friend Benji. Benji sent in a selfie with his mug as well. I kind of like the ones that have someone in it, but you know, you can pick you can pick any one that you want. Uh, let me see if I can get Benji's picture on here. Benji, yep, Benji took a selfie. There he is. He's like, hey, I got my mug. Mm -hmm. What do you guys feel like? Let me see the flag one. Yes, Rena and Tracy are all about the flag one. Um, San San says the flag one as well. So, um, so far, this one is in the runnings. For leader, anybody else? 
Anybody else? I'm going through my pictures and I just came across a chocolate molten cake, lava cake with ice cream. Oh my God. Oh, making me hungry for dessert first thing in the morning. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Okay, so three votes for the flag. Anybody else want to throw their vote in there for something else? Or will we go with this one as the winner? Let me know. Let me see your votes. Come on in with your comments. Okay, are we going to go with that one? Poor Miss Morna. <laughs> she sent she sent the picture with her her broken mug. She's like, "Child, hurry up and get me my mug replacement." Ah, I don't know. How did you break the handle? I don't even know how that happened. That's crazy. But Miss Morna is not happy because now she can't use her CMR mug. Look what happened. It just broke into several pieces. My goodness. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Uh, Selena's mugshot says Sarah, the flags, the dashboard one. Yeah, I do like that dashboard one. I thought that was kind of cute. Uh, you know, doing the three together like that, kind of creative, uh, a creative element to it. But so far, it looks like the flag one is is the winner. Um, so okay, the flag one. That's actually Louis. I think that was Louis. Louis, correct me if I'm wrong. But I'm pretty sure that was Louis that submitted that one. Louis submitted more than one. So Louis did this one. He did the flag one. And he did the ganja leaf one as well. Um, <laughs> Marcel says Morna has a, a strong grip <laughs> on her mug. All right. So congratulations to Louis. He's in Detroit. So I know what Louis is going to do already. He's going to re-gift his. So Louis, you got to let me know. So Louie has won $100, courtesy of our partners over at Miracle Brokers. And um, what else was the other prize? $100 and something else. Oh, my gosh. Hold on. Let me let me look up what the, what the um, it was $100 and a gift certificate, I think. Uh, I'll tell you a second. It's a good thing I put these things up on Facebook, child, because then I, yes, $100 gifts, $100 to Miracle Brokers. Oh, wow. This is actually a really good prize. $100 from Miracle Brokers and a phone from Cellular World. Yes, Judy, girl, I forgot. Woo, that's a good prize. Louie might not want to give that up after all. Hey, $100 CI in US is even more money. Louie's like, send me my money, child. Can buy me some more ganja plants or something. <laughs> That's a good prize. So um, I'm trying to remember the details on the cell phone. Hold on. Um, does anybody remember? Hold on. Uh, I have my little prize sheet here. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Louis, that's a that's a really good prize. It is. Um, a Samsung A10 cell phone. Mm. 
Yes, let's check out this A10 cell phone. I must admit, I don't really keep up with Samsung devices anymore because I'm a... Um, ooh, this is a nice little phone. That's the Galaxy A10. Is that what that is? Wow. Mm, yes, sir. All right there. Nice. Courtesy of... Um, This is actually a really nice phone. Let me show you guys what it looks like. There it is. Beautiful. Nice. That's a nice prize. That's the A10. Hmm. Beautiful. Look at that. Nice and slim. All right, Louie. Message us. And uh, we'll get you sorted out. So congratulations to Louie. Hello, Virtuous. Yes, you get yourself a phone and some hard, cold cash, courtesy of the cold, hard truth. And our partners, shout out to Miracle Brokers. If you need it shipped or moved, they are your go-to experts for anything. Packing supplies, sometimes I always see y'all posting about you need boxes. Don't stress yourself. Just go to Miracle Brokers and they will, uh, they've got packing all the bubble wrap and the boxes and everything. So they can get you all sorted out. If you want them to move it for you, they'll do that. They ship cars and they've got the Filipino boxes that they do, which is an ongoing thing. As soon as the container's full, they send it. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, beautiful folks. By the way, big shout out to um, some of our legal partners. You guys may have noticed this. Let me show you this one. But Recover, um, who are experts in personal injury, they're personal injury attorneys. Um, they have been advertising with us and child, they're now sponsoring all of the accidents. Can I just tell you? Yesterday alone, I'm aware of at least three accidents on our roadway. So this one was right before five o'clock. Um, so as you know, they're going to be coming on the program talking about this no win, no fee structure. They've changed the law. And I thought that this was amazing because I didn't even know that the law had been changed. This is like how it works in the U.S. Like you don't have to come up with this big retainer and all this money up front. They'll take your case for you and you don't get your money unless they win. Yeah, so this is now, they've changed the legislation because you couldn't do it before in the Cayman Islands. They've now changed it so that it is possible. So look at this little fender bender. I don't even know what she hit, child. Because I took this one myself. This wasn't one that was sent in. I was getting ready to turn before I took it. And I was like, what the heck did she hit? I didn't really see another car, but maybe the other car had already pulled off the road. This is right there by that Bobby Thompson Way intersection. Super bad intersection, folks. Y'all need to be careful when you're driving. Um, where was the other accident? Oh, yes. This one was Bob Ale Thompson's. Now, um, y'all know. Louis, you won already. You just won. You missed the voting. Well, you won yourself a Samsung A10 phone at $100. CI. 
All right. So here is, uh, you got to sh- send us another picture, the winning mugshot. Um, so here's one by A.L. Thompson's. This car was actually going the wrong way. So it's facing the turn lane that is for vehicles coming from the Butterfield roundabout. In other words, it was going the completely wrong direction. Wow. No, sir. What a hot mess. Happy birthday to the beautiful Michelle. Yes, it was her birthday. A former Miss World. And I know there was one more accident yesterday. I'm trying to find it. Uh, for sure. Wasn't there three accidents yesterday? I kind of feel like there were three. Hmm. Mm. Okay. I got to find... Well, I found two out of the three, but I know there was one more. I'm trying to remember where that one was. But yes, child, what a mess. Mm-mm-mm. So call recover if you're involved in an accident. Basically, they will ensure that you get what you're entitled to. Because sometimes if you just let these insurance companies do whatever they want, you're not going to collect everything that you're entitled to. If you get injured. Oh, here's the other one. Yes, I knew there was three accidents yesterday that we did. Uh, this one was, um, what were the details on this one? Oh, Frank Sound Junction. All the way up in Frank Sound, child. They can't even drive up there anyway. Look at that. Uh-uh-uh. People just don't pay attention. They're not looking. They're not waiting. I don't know what it is. Sure. No, sir. So those were the three that we knew about yesterday. There are probably more than that that uh, we may not have gotten all the details on. Charles, can you provide their details? Oh, yes. Um, Contact them, 924-9999. Super easy number. They're located right in town as well. And they'll give you a free consultation. And their uh, motto is, we don't get paid until you recover. Bam. 924-9999. Give them a call. They will get you sorted out. All right. So it is summer, folks. I've got to get on the road. Um, As you guys know, you may have heard me mention this. I'm not sure. But my daughter's birthday is coming up next week. She's an August baby, just like me. Um, Her birthday is on next week, Monday the 9th. But we're having her little party on. um, Yes, Louie, you won. (laughs) Louie's late. So her birthday party is um, this weekend. So, you know, we got a lot to do. Thank God she wasn't actually born on my birthday, but she was born like one week, like a couple days out. So I will never get to have another birthday celebration ever again. Truth be told, it's okay. So uh, my husband was saying to me, what do you want on the menu? You can pick two items because that's going to be your birthday present. I was like, what? <sighs> that's it. It's like being born on Christmas Day. You get to choose your birthday or Christmas. You know, you're not going to really celebrate both. Um, so my birthday has gone to the dogs now because she is born in August as well. Lots of August um, birthdays, by the way. Big shout out to Miss Corrine from the Turtle Farm. 
She is celebrating a work anniversary there today. Let me tell you how many years now. I think it's like 23 years or something crazy. She's been there for donkey years. Yes, 23 years at the Cayman Turtle Center. Speaking of the Cayman Turtle Center, I've heard some rumblings that people are out of a job, but I've not been able to confirm yet. So I'm still trying to confirm. You know how they put people on vacation? But that's because they're negotiating the terms of their exit plan. Someone uh, inquired earlier about the prison officer who was arrested for drugs. What's the update there? No update. We can ask the police for an update. Um, let me just see here. I'll, I'll email the police commissioner and see where that investigation is. However... All right, so we sent him a query about that. However, remember the prison officer, Gus Tula or Tululu, or whatever the heck his name was, that uh, we had gotten word that was escorted to go do a drug test? Well, we understand that he no longer works at the prison as of last week, Thursday. So his contract of employment was not renewed. Now, he was really upset and up in arms that he hadn't been arrested because of any drugs and blah, blah, blah. But we do know without a doubt that he no longer works at the prison. There you have it. Prison isn't gonna tell you why. We have our sources that are telling us why. Hmm. Hmm. Ooh, all sorts of hot mess. Lord have mercy. Anyway, folks, uh, busy week. Big shout out to my summer intern. Check out Colin. You saw his picture earlier. Colin is working with CMR for um, a couple of weeks. There's young Colin. He's only 16 years old. Um, he's actually not working with CMR. He's working with her co sister company, um, Roque. So, um, Colin, uh, congratulations to you, young man. <laughs> it is a paid internship, by the way, but um, Colin is going to be enjoying some time doing some work. And it's real work. It's like outdoor work, too, because, listen, there's all aspects to what we do, you know. We don't just sit behind a computer all day. There's tons of things that we do. So, Colin has come on board for a couple weeks. Uh, it's my pleasure to be working with a Caymanian, first of all. A uh, young man, Colin, is very, very smart. He's got a, a big future ahead of him. Um, and he likes to ask a lot of questions. He's very, very curious about everything that happens. Why is this? And what is this? And, you know, that's, I tell Colin, though, you do learn by asking a lot of questions. But you also learn sometimes by just observing and watching. Hmm. So I'm going to go now and sort out Colin's assignment for the day. And uh, because he's working outdoors, I'm like, Colin, I'm going to bring you some, because the mosquitoes are brutal, even in the daytime. Um, but it's hot out there, super hot. So hat, sunscreen, you know, people of color, got to protect your skin too. So wear your sunscreen, folks. It's like almost 100 degrees out there is like the feel like temperature. So put on a hat. 
and um, make sure that you are well protected. That's all I got for you, beautiful folks. So we'll continue. I'm getting more and more video footage and comparisons of what before and after looked like in terms of Sedmaw Beach. Folks, we're gonna we're gonna get down into the nitty-gritty of the discussion because I feel like we've only touched the tip of it today. And we need to fully understand what's going on. Mm, mm, mm. Anyway, beautiful people, uh, thank you for participating in this program. As always, you make this Cayman's number one um, talk show. Big shout out to Woody uh, DaCosta. I saw him over the weekend. He didn't see me though, but I saw him on Sunday. And I think that was his son that he was with. And he was on his little motorized um, scooter at the beach um, doing the little sidewalk run. And he looked so happy. He probably have to be out of out of rooster anyway, but he looked particularly happy that day. Um, I meant to message him and say, hey, I saw you hanging out with your son, having a good time. And that's what life is about, folks. Family, fun, and uh, good friends. You guys have a beautiful day. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of The Cold Hard Truth. Make sure to check Facebook for showtimes and more information and the latest news at caymanmarlroad.com. Subscribe to our IG and Facebook pages to get the latest happenings.